0: What's up, everybody? It's Dan Greer with Leading from the Middle of the Pack, and today we're going to be talking all about hiring. And does everyone have a seat on the bus? Does everybody belong on the bus? That's what we're going to be chatting about today. So cue up the theme song. We'll be right back. The big question is this. How are leaders, like us, who aren't necessarily in a management position, who go out and get our hands dirty, who are ready to answer their calling from God to lead, we are driven to learn and grow, gain the trust and respect of those around us, to actually be heard while not coming across as an authoritative prick. These are the questions, and this is the podcast that will give you the answers. Hi, my name is Dan Greer, and welcome to Leading from the Middle of the Pack. Awesome. So glad you guys are still here. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about Hiring, and we're talking about finding the right seat on the bus and, and wrong bus, right seat, and all that good stuff. And so, I'll be real honest with you, <laughs> I'm a little aggravated at the moment. Not with life, not with my team, but with this stupid podcast. I just recorded this podcast and I noticed my microphone was not turned on. So, I went back to listen to it after I recorded it and it was gone. <laughs> so, this is called Take Two of the Podcast we'll uh we'll see if it works for us or not today <laughs> anyways what I want to talk about today is hiring, and I really want to talk about like finding the right seat for the right people on the bus. Do you know what I mean when I talk about the right seat on the bus or maybe right seat wrong bus so the bus is your company, and the seat is their role or their position within the company so uh, when we talk about seats on buses, the seats are the positions, and maybe maybe there's the the COO and and that's the person who runs the company. They're the person who keeps it going down the right path. And maybe the guy holding the map, sitting right behind the driver, is the uh, CFO, and they're the one that says, "Hey, you know, we need to get fuel. It's the cheapest right up here. Let's stop and get fuel." And they go, "Okay, this route is going to save us this much money if we take this route. We're going to go ahead and take this route." And then there's the CEO or the the chief. They call them chief executive officers. I call them the energizer. It's their job to be the energizer bunny and keep everybody else hopped up and go in and give the company direction to go in and be that enthusiastic person who tells everybody and helps everybody and gives them guidance and gives them a vision. Uh, a visionary is probably a better word for it than a CEO, in my opinion. But uh, the, the, the visionary of the company is somebody who, who's, you know, they're sitting there, they're talking to the CFO, they're talking to the driver, and they're going, hey, man, check out, look at, look at that pothole. Right, and then, then they're going, Oh, yeah, I really like this route. Let's take this route. And, oh, yeah, I want to go here. Can we go here? And then the CFO is like, Okay, I think I can get us here. It's going to take this much time, and we're going to do this, and blah, blah, blah. Right? And then, you know, I explain the COO as the driver, but I think the COO is the one who is actually giving directions to the driver, saying, Okay, you're going to turn left right here. And then there's a whole bunch of other seats on this bus that get filled up, and some of them are sales, and some of them are customer service, and some of them are bell hops, and some of them are assistants, and some of them are, you know, there's a million different positions within your company that these that could be filled up, and each one of those positions is a seat on the bus. Now, notice that not everybody is going to be a great CFO. Not everybody is going to be able to look at the map and say, hey, fuel is cheapest here. This is five minutes out of the road. We're going to stop here. We're going to get fuel. We're going to get a burger. We're going to get snacks. We're going to get back on the road. All right, that's the CFO's job. That's what they do. That chief financial officer. It's their job is to kind of help guide and dictate, and, and not necessarily dictate, but guide in the right directions. Right. And and then there are seats for people like. Then there are seats for people that are like in sales. Right. And and they may have a seat somewhere on the bus. They may have several seats on the bus. They may be in different places, but. There's also the opportunity that you've moved somebody around because they didn't work in one position. Maybe they didn't work in sales, and then maybe they didn't work in customer service, and then maybe they didn't work in training, and then maybe they didn't work as this. You're not going to move that person up to the CEO or CFO job, somebody who has a lot of dictation, a lot of power, a a lot of everything that's going on, because they haven't been qualified. And what I mean by they haven't been qualified is is they haven't proven themselves to you that they can do the job that you want them to do. Okay? And so the next thing that you have to really realize is that sometimes you have everything lined up and the person is in the right seat. They're meant to be in sales. That's what they're good at. They're really great at sales. They're really great at customer service. They're really great at training. They're really great at this. But sometimes, sometimes, they're really good at that and they don't fit in any other role, but they don't belong on the bus because they don't fit good within your company. They don't match your culture. They don't match your vibe. They don't match your energy. They don't match your customers. Okay? And so one of the things that you've got to remember as we go through this entire process is and as you're going through it, that there will be times... When you move somebody from from delivering fuel to the lower yard, to the store, and you're trying to find the right seat for them on the bus as you move them into these different positions. But they don't fit. They're not good in any of the seats on the bus. And there are times, and this this is fun to say but hard to say, There are times when you have to er open up the emergency exit and throw them out the back of the bus. They don't belong on it. They're dragging the whole bus down. There are also times when you kindly stop and open the door and let them out, right? And that's the mutual partings whenever you both decide that it's not a great fit. You stop, you pull the bus over, you open the door, they get out, it's no problem. (sighs) Have you ever heard of the bad apple analogy? I bet you have. You may not realize it, but I bet you have. I bet that if you go back in time, you've probably heard that one rotten apple will spoil the whole batch, and that is the God's honest truth. And uh, I know this from experience. And I'm going to tell you the analogy in 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 apples, so you understand it, and then we'll talk about it in people. So one of the things that you got to realize is that if you have one rotten apple in the bunch, the entire bucket of apples that you have, the entire bag. The entire bushel, the entire everything of apples, whatever, however they're together, there's more than one. Any apple that touches the rotten one will become rotten faster. And then your apple that touches those rotten apples will become rotten faster. And all of a sudden, apples that will last months in a cold cellar when there's nothing rotten in them will be gone in days because one apple got rotten. So one rotten apple in the bucket in the barrel <sighs> will cause All the apples to be bad, to be go rotten. Do you think that could happen with people? Do you think that might happen with employees? Do you think there's an opportunity or a chance that if you have an employee with a bad mentality that he would bring down or she would bring down the people around him? You bet your butt there is, right? Hundred and fifty percent you can bet on it, because their app their mentality is like that rotten apple. It will actually bring everybody else down around them because they don't understand. Because they're so negative that the people around them start to become negative. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that when you get around somebody who's negative that you start getting negative? When you get around somebody who's such a worrywart, you start worrying. When you get around somebody who watches the news all day, every day, you're constantly worried about the news. When you get around somebody who does this or that, you're... You're just like them. You're going after the same things they're going after when it comes to that negativeness. They're that rotten apple. And those are the people that you have to open up the emergency exit door on the back of the bus and boot them out. You got to get rid of them because they're going to drag down the whole team. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, Dan, I know I've got a rotten apple. I don't know how to get rid of them, though. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to let them go. Well, it's pretty easy. You pull them into your office or into a nice, quiet place, and you go, you know, things aren't really working out. really appreciate what you've done for us so far and everything that you've done to help us out, but uh, things aren't going good so far. I'm sorry, but we're going to terminate this agreement. And that's all it takes. That's all it is. And here's what's going to happen. I know the other, the other side of you now is now thinking, but Dan, people like them. No, they don't. Nobody likes a rotten apple. I promise you nobody likes a rotten apple. We had one recently in our company that we got rid of, and it was the option to quit or get fired, is what happened. And, and I have to laugh because God always protects me when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, I had made the decision. It was Thursday. And I had been thinking about this decision for weeks, and I'd been letting it carry on far too long. Should, should have nixed in the bud two weeks before that, but I didn't. i have been letting it carry on for far too long. And uh, I made the decision... To let this person go. And that's not an easy decision to make. It's hard. Because you feel like there's good roles for everybody in your company. And you kind of feel like a failure when you fire somebody. Or have to let them go for somebody that you've hired. Because you handpicked them, right? Well the truth is is that it, it didn't really matter. I decided I was going to let him go. And uh, I had to laugh. Because I was going to do it the very next day. And I got an email 20 minutes, no more than 20 minutes after I made the decision to let him go, So say, hey, I accept another job, my last day with your company is Friday. And it was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even have to open the door and boot you out. I'm glad you're gone, right? I was getting ready to boot you out, but I'll never hire you again, right? You don't leave without notice, you don't do that, you don't treat people like that. But it exemplified the type of person he was. And while he was on the right seat, and while he was good at what he was doing, he was on the wrong bus. He needed to go get a job with somebody else, and he could be doing the exact same thing he was doing for me with somebody else, and he would have been perfect at it. But he didn't enjoy our bus ride, and we didn't enjoy him on the bus, and he was a rotten apple. He was bringing down the people he was working around, which made it really, really hard. Later, I had a conversation with one of the guys that he works with hand-in-hand, hand and he said, you know, I... uh I had to have a conversation with him and be like, hey, bud, I don't need you being negative. I love it here. I'm planning on retiring from here. You need to stop complaining. I don't want to hear it. He's like, you can complain to your wife. Don't complain to me because I'm happy, and I want to be happy, and you're not allowing me to be happy. And I was very proud of him whenever he told me that, but he wouldn't tell me that whenever the guy was working there. was because he didn't want to bring him down, but he wanted him to go as much as I did, but he wouldn't tell me that. Does that make sense? So when I made the decision to let this guy go, and he went he went on his own free will, I actually gained clout from my team. They respected me for what happened because they weren't pulling their weight, because they were too negative. The times this has happened, it's not easy. It's not easy at all. It sucks to let somebody go. It is the worst part about being in business or being a manager or any of that stuff is having to let somebody go. It is the worst the worst hands down. But that rotten apple was ruining the whole bucket and they didn't belong on the bus. Now, part of the things that I wanted to talk about with this was that like we just talked about, sometimes you got to try different seats on the bus, right? And and so you have the opportunity to put people in different seats and different roles within the company to see if they're a good fit because Just because somebody's not a great fit in sales doesn't mean they're not going to be great in customer service. It doesn't mean they're not going to be great in training. It doesn't mean they're not going to be great in in finances or accounting. Now, I'm not saying to throw somebody into a position they know nothing about. That's not what I'm telling you to do. That's not what I'm asking you to do, right? What I'm saying is, is you want to give them the opportunity to grow. Do you understand that? Do you understand what I'm saying there? The opportunity to grow, the opportunity to get better, the opportunity to gain that knowledge. Good. Sweet. Glad you guys get it. So sometimes it's the wrong seat. Sometimes it's not the right bus. Sometimes it's the wrong seat on the wrong bus. Maybe they applied for a sales position with you and they don't belong in your company at all and they need to go do customer service for a completely different company or be a truck driver or whatever, right? We can't always answer those questions. We don't always understand why people do what they do. Now there's a few ways that you can determine the right seat for the right person or at least start to figure out the right seat for the right person on the right bus. One of those things is this. Is first off you have to know what your company morals are. Company values, company morals. Because if you have morals and you have values as a company and somebody doesn't align with those values or morals they're not going to be a right fit for you. If you're an honest Christian company, you do not want an atheist who likes to lie in your company. It's just not going to be a good fit. If you're a extreme atheist company, you're not going to want a stout Christian on your team either. They're not going to be a good fit because they're not going to fit in with the rest of your team. Do you see what I'm saying? Now I'm using one example. I'm not saying that that's the only example there is, but you've got to make sure that you have the right... you got to know what your company is, what it stands for, what you represent and what you're trying to do. If you're a company that over delivers does more than what's required, does more than what's expected and you hire somebody who doesn't want to do anything over and above what they've been asked to do or over and above what their job is, are they going to be a good fit? No. Right? Not at all. If your company is one that, uh, I don't know, I think, we've, I think we've exhausted that one enough, okay? So, so having a mission statement, having values for your company is huge, is huge. The second thing is, is creating a profile for the job that you want. Before you go hire someone, you need to figure out the type of person you want to hire for that job. Sit down and write the do's and the don'ts. The wants and the don't wants. The wills, the will tolerates, and the won't tolerates for that position, So if you're trying to get somebody to work remotely, do you want somebody that doesn't have an internet connection? That would be a major no, right? If you're trying to get somebody who's in sales, do you want somebody who can't talk to anybody? The answer is no, I don't want that. right? So what you want to do is you want to write what you want and what you don't want for every single position that you're hiring for before you start hiring for it. If I'm looking for somebody to pick bananas, do I want somebody who has really short arms and is two feet tall? Probably not right? There's no, there's no adults that are two feet tall. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want, I don't want calls from, from any association being like, yeah, hey, you're making fun of short people. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that I don't, you've got to be smart about what you're doing. You've got to hire somebody who actually fits that role for that within your company, okay? And so designing that and laying that out and thinking about it before you go to hire makes a huge difference because then whenever you see resumes, you'll be able to say, oh yeah, this person fits what we're after, not, oh man, I really like this person. Because guess what? We're drawn to the people that we like. We're drawn to sometimes our exact opposites. But we're drawn to people who, we're drawn to a certain type of person depending on who we are. And so if we go back in and we look at the personality profiles, like there's a lot of people who are drawn to me because I'm extremely high D, I'm extremely high driven, I've got a lot of energy, I love, I love continuing to move forward, I love everything that goes with that. There's so much that comes to me that I love and that's what makes, that's what makes people drawn to me. Now, I am drawn to people who are extremely high I, and a little bit high D, and high C. So they play really close attention to detail, and they're very influential. Like, that's the type of person I'm drawn to, is somebody who's very influential. They influence others, easily, without even knowing they're influencing others, okay? That's just part of who they are. And that's who I'm drawn to. Now, my wife is drawn to me, who's extremely high D, like extremely high D, because her D is not high. She loves the fact that I'm extremely driven and dedicated, and I love the fact that she's extremely high C. She pays really close attention to detail. That means that I can start something and she'll finish it, which is great. That means that she's going to hold me to a higher standard because I may not hold myself to as high a standard as she does when it comes to stuff because I'm a get it done guy. She's a do it right girl. And that's what sets us apart. That's what makes us such a good pair. That's why she's drawn to me and I'm drawn to her. We complete each other, okay? And that's kind of what you're looking for in your business relationships and in your relationships as a leader in general is the people who complete you. So you want to surround yourself with a team that's going to complete you. Don't surround yourself. If you're a super high D, don't surround yourself with super high D people. It's going to be a pissing match all day long. Nobody's going to know who's in charge. Nobody's going to know who's going to win because everybody wants to be in charge and everybody wants to win. The thing is, is that you can't surround yourself with people who are like you. You have to surround yourself with people who compliment you. Somebody who's extremely detail-oriented is who I need around me. Like 90% of the time, and especially at work, because I go around and I open up a ton of these loops and I go, okay, we're going to do this and 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 and I'll have 500 things open and I need five people to go around and close those 500 loops after we start them and be like, okay, boom, this is closed, moving on, boom, this is closed, okay, moving on. Right. And so knowing who you're working around and knowing who you're hiring makes a big difference. And so the big thing that I want to talk on today was that kind of stuff is like before you let somebody go, make sure that they're not just in the wrong seat on the right bus. Right. If their values don't align with your values as a company, they're not, they don't belong on the bus. OK. If they're a cheater, a liar and a thief and you're not a cheater, and a liar and a thief, there are businesses that are like that. There are businesses that are extremely pushy. Right? And then there are businesses that are not pushy. And if you are one of those people who is not pushy in your business, like we are extremely not pushy. We are very much, yeah, come get it if you want it. We're here to help. That's our job. That's what we do. Then there's the other people that are going to call you 500 times and try to push you into a sale. And that's what they do. And we, some of our competitors are like that and you're just like, yeah, I'll buy. Just quit calling me. Give me off your phone list. Then you buy and then they call you still because now they want you to upgrade, right? My point is, is that if your values and morals don't align with the person in the company, they're not, they don't belong in that bus. The second thing is, is maybe they're on the right bus. Maybe your values and morals align, but the seat doesn't match up. Maybe they're not meant to be in sales. Maybe they're meant to be in customer service, or maybe they're meant to be a leader, or maybe they're meant to be in warehousing, or maybe they're meant to be here, okay? That's my point with it is that there's always an opportunity for somebody if your morals align. Now the last thing is is that you have to before you hire for any position you should you should write out the do's and don'ts for that role. What are musts, must have, can't haves, that kind of stuff for that role? Because that's what I want you to think about. That's what you need to know because if you don't have that stuff written down, if you don't have it prepared, you're walking in blind to whatever you're walking into, into this relationship, right? So guys that's it i hope that you learned a lot i hope that it's good i hope that it was valuable material i just appreciate you guys being here today and uh anyways we'll be chatting soon if you liked it go ahead and uh, share this podcast and tag me at the real dan greer on uh instagram and then check me out on linkedin and eclipse daniel linkedin eclipse. linkedin and facebook daniel greer all right guys hope you have a great day we'll